Hey, I'm so excited today um, to share New Life, uh, which is a vision which has just been unfolding in these last six to eight weeks. Um, my heart has been on a journey and God has been leading me and I just thought it would be great to take an opportunity to share this with you, the church, my family. Are you keen to hear what's been going on? Um, I want to start by reading this scripture from Matthew 25, 34. It says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, my father has blessed you. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you took me into your home. I needed clothes and you gave me something to wear. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the people who have God's approval will reply to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or see you thirsty and give you something to drink? When did you see us as a stranger and take you into our homes or see you in need of clothes and give you something to wear? When did we see you sick? or in prison and visit you and the king will answer them I can guarantee this truth whatever you did for one of these brothers or sisters no matter how unimportant they seemed you did it for me you know everyone matters anyone that has a heartbeat matters everyone with a pulse matters anyone who stands on the face of this earth matters to Jesus and therefore they should matter to us and I felt my heart really burdened um, particularly around the news of the Iraq and Syrian war and that broke, you know, several years ago, actually. And at the time when the news came, maybe because of my generation, I had never seen war and trauma of such a magnitude in my lifetime. And so it really struck me as a, as a young person, so to speak, to, to know that this was actually happening in my lifetime. I was devastated. And I think particularly as a young mother, considering the young families, I was so moved, I was so burdened. And all I could do at the time um, as, you know, the news was playing out on the TV screen, was pray, and not to belittle prayer, because I believe prayer is incredibly powerful, and it does change the outcome. It's like a force of nature. It's so powerful. And there was this time where all I could do was pray, and for a number of years, I just prayed as, as the news of the war um, was played out before us. And then, I don't know if you remember Ashley, our friend who came and visited in June this year. Um, Ashley, has been ministering all around the globe, but particularly in the Middle East, and, and more recently ministering to victims of ISIS and, and gathering the women and ministering to them and meeting their needs and seeing profound miracles, actually, as she's done that. And when she came, I felt like it was a divine crossing of paths, and I felt like she came to impart a love for these people. I certainly caught something from her as she shared her story, and she came to encourage us to show kindness and to show hospitality, to even learn language and to um, to host these people. And the reality of a burden is that it's like following a scent. You don't know exactly where it's going to land. It's like pieces of the puzzle coming together. And when I met, met Ashley, I felt this divine crossing of paths. And then I called out to the church, you might remember soon after that, and I said, let's prepare a tea station for our big clothing room upstairs on level two so that as these people come, we can 
can serve them, we can serve them chai, we can serve them tea, we can meet them, we can host them. And again, it felt like I was just following this sin. I didn't, I didn't know where these people were going to come from. I didn't know what it was going to look like, but I just knew there were people that were coming that are assigned to our community who we are called from God to host with kindness and to show bestow big dignity and kindness on these ones. Now, in September 2015, the news came to Australia that 12,000 victims of war in Iraq and Syria and Iran uh, were going to be settled here in Australia. And as that news came, I felt, um, and as that news reached my heart, I felt that our church was assigned to be a part of the answer and to really host these people. And I felt that the day was coming where we wouldn't just pray for these ones, but we would actually interact and host and, and strengthen the hearts of these people with kindness. And so I knew that the day was coming, but the next step in the journey was I didn't know how to find them. <laughs> I knew they were coming, but they could be like needles in a haystack across our nation and our city. And I didn't know how to find them, but I knew they were assigned. They were coming to us. And then on August the 18th this year, I was preaching in our care centre. It was the clothing room opening day. And as I lifted up my eyes to speak that day, there was a family that came in. 13 Armenian Syrians walked through the door and immediately my heart leapt and connected with this family. I felt a divine aligning with this family. I loved them from the moment I saw them. And as I approached them, I saw little Lori sitting in her stroller and she immediately reminded me of my own Cleo. I, I just loved each one and I thought, God, you have brought them to me. You have. I haven't had to search for them. You've literally brought them to me. And then this... Um, this divine path kept unfolding and this family led me to Bella Vista to the apartments where the government houses um, houses uh, the new arrivals when they first come. So about their first month in, uh, in Sydney and actually there are a number of these apartment buildings all over Sydney but our first one that's been connected to us is Bella Vista. And um, I understood that they live there for a time and then they move out of there and they find permanent residency um, all around our city. They find um, homes and they begin their new life. Hence the branding of this ministry, New Life, and that's it in Arabic. Um, and when we travelled to the apartments that day, I understood from my friends that had caught two buses in order to find our service that day, and they'd actually responded to an invitation they'd received via their case manager, and they'd caught the buses to come and have a meal with us and um, unite with us that day. And I, as I went back to Bella Vista that night and sat with the family, I thought, this is ridiculous. We can't expect them to catch two buses to come and find us when they have just landed in our city and everything is so foreign. The public transport system is so foreign. The language is so foreign. And so this, um, this thought sprung up in my heart. We should host a service in this building. We should, we should hire this function room and we should come to them and we should prepare a place of community for them um, right there in that building. And that's um, what we've set out to do. But before I go any further into the vision of the New Life Service, I want to introduce a friend here today who's very dear to me. Hagoff, I'm going to invite you to come and sit with me here this morning. This is Hagop. Don't you love him already? <laughs> he has a twin brother, Hyde, so don't get confused. He's up in the mezzanine. <laughs> 
because they look almost the same, but actually they're quite different on the inside. Haig has a, a kind, soft heart. He's very lovely, and he loves sweets. Hagop, on the other hand, I call him the philosopher. He's a deep thinker. He's an interesting young man. You're going to love them both. And actually, all the extended family are up there in the mezzanine today. Can we just give them a little welcome? <laughs> love this family. Beautiful people. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for being so brave yeah. and coming to talk today. Yeah. My name is Agopin Jajikian, and I came from Syria. Mm. Yeah. And how long have you been in Sydney now? Uh, it's been three months I'm here. Uh, yeah. Wow. I came as a refugee. Mm. Humanitarian visa. Yes. That's yeah. it's great. We're so happy to have you here. Your family, and in fact, all the families that I've met that have come from Iraq and Syria are such dignified, educated, stunning people. I actually feel that our nation is so blessed and enriched to have you with us, truly, each and every one of you. So actually, we are blessing here in Sydney also. Um, so I thought it would be great if we could talk a bit about what it was like in Syria when you were t when you were growing up. Yeah. So uh, the distance between Australia and Syria about fourteen thousand kilometers. But when you want to remember your childhood, you take every single kilometers away and you start remembering. Yeah. Syria was beautiful and peaceful. Uh, as a Christians, we were 3% of population in Syria. We used to go church every Sundays. We were free. Uh, what I'm remembering from my childhood, one day me and my brother, Hike, he is my twin, who is my, my best friend. One day I remember that we went to park that, was, that day was beautiful, nature around us. We are running, laughing, we were happy. But we never knew what will happen in the future. But when I became 16 years old, the civil war in Syria began. Yeah. So how did Syria change with the effects of war? In the war, too many, thing, too many things change in Syria. Uh, if you want to understand the war in Syria, we'll never understand because one nation, brothers, they are killing each other. Too, too many innocent people, children, they are killed every day. It's hard to imagine that happened in Syria. Uh, I think if you search in internet, you will see many innocent children, innocent eyes. Maybe if you go to, the, to your home today, you can pray for Syrian children, Syrian kids. There, is, there isn't enough water to drink, starvation everywhere, yeah. And this picture is of your father's business? Yeah, this this picture is my father's store. In 2014, terrorist group attacked our street. Our home and store was in the same street. Uh, in 2014, 
terrorist group attack our street and they bombed all the stores in that street. And I remember my family and myself, we were in our home. We were afraid holding each other hand and afraid that maybe this terrorist group will come in our home and they will kill us. But you know church, the Lord protects simple heart. When we was in great need, he saved us. Yeah. So you began the journey to Australia, but first stop Lebanon. Yeah. Actually, in that day, which my father saw bombed, we decided to refuge another state in Syria, a little bit more safe. We stayed one year, another state in Syria, and after that, we refuge out of Syria in Lebanon, and we stayed nine months in Lebanon, and during that nine months, we did interview with our Australian embassy, and we got humanitarian visa to come and live in Sydney as a refugee. And, and then you, you landed in Sydney, and how, how are you finding settling in and connecting to the church? And so uh, we came in August, and this is my family, all family, 12th person in airport. We are coming to Australia. Australia is a peaceful place. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, how we found City Church was like a miracle. Our case manager, she gave us invitation card to come. It was written on the card, welcome to City Church. And come, feel free, and come have a lunch with us. And in that day, we, we were new. We were in Bella Vista. We never knew how to go another suburbs. My older brother, Moses, he told us that we can catch bus from Bella Vista to Parramatta, and from Parramatta, another bus to Silver Water. And from Silver Water, we'll walk 10 minutes and arrive here. Yeah. <laughs> So we came in that day and we saw Natalie. Yeah, we love her because she loves first. Yeah. Uh, I, I want. I want to say that the past has no power to stop you from being grievance now. What is a grievance? It's. It's living your life without Jesus. Uh, and it ain't about how to live in Australia, America, Canada, to have a peaceful life. It's about to live in him, Jesus. And my prayer is a wish with wings of love and faith, peace around the world. I call him Pastor Hagop. It suits him, right? Just stunning. That's awesome. Would you like to say any final thing? Are you happy? Uh, I will say that maybe 12,000 refugees will come in Sydney. And it's a God's purpose. Because the Lord declares that, say, for I know the plans I have for you for I know the plans I have for you. So God has a plan for us all. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much. Can we thank please you. thank Hagop?
such a brave and resilient young man and actually all his family are really amazing people. You'll be so blessed to get to know them. Can we bring up that photo of Lori and Cleo? These two little ones have become friends. They look like twins, don't they? So um, Lori is Arpi's little girl and Cleo is my little girl. Lori was born in war. Um, Cleo was born in peace, but these two little lives both deserve the best of lives, the most blessed lives, every opportunity, and I pray both of them here in Australia together will grow up side by side and know great blessing. Um, so when I was deciding, uh, will, will we go into Bella Vista and run this service, I had a conversation with the Lord, you know, will I break if I try and do one more thing, I'm already doing this, that and the other and I felt the Lord say to me, go into all the world and ultimately I feel it's his heart that is the driving force behind this new life vision and purpose and therefore it will be his provision and actually the provision has been profound. Each week it costs $300 just to book the room where we go in and run that service and about four or five weeks spontaneously that room fee booking has been paid by a a, a, a widow in the team, by a young business couple, by my sister. Here and there, God's provision is coming. Um, and the service is beautiful, and you've seen some photos come up um, behind us. Where we come in, all the presentation is in Arabic. We give them an invitation in Arabic. They go home with a hamper and gifts for the children. And most importantly, we build community to give, restore peace and connection because they come, and actually it's very lonely and isolating initially when they arrive. Um, and, you know, I've just learned in this whole process that it's the little things that really matter. Uh, one day I went to see a family and we took some gifts, actually, that had been donated by someone in the church. Um, and I gave a Play-Doh ma um, machine to a little boy and it was a big one with all the fun bits and lots of Play-Doh. And I gave it to this little boy and his mother told me um, they had been in the store um, only recently and that little boy cried because he really wanted the big Play-Doh um, making machine. I think every child deserves a Play-Doh machine. And, but, they, but they were just able to buy one small tub of Play-Doh that day because their circumstances are humble in this time. And so they bought that small tub of Play-Doh. And then when we came to visit them just a few days later, we gave him the very desire of his heart. We gave him the big Play-Doh maker. Only God would know. Only God would see the desire in that little boy's heart. And I've learned that even the smallest gestures make a huge difference. Another thing I'm noticing as we're going out to families and they're settling in their permanent accommodation is that there is no coffee table. The government provides resources, but I believe it's the church's purpose to bestow kindness and dignity and peace. And um, so we're starting to collect coffee tables of all things because it's the centerpiece of the Middle Eastern home. Because the first thing that happens when you enter a Middle Eastern home is you have shy together. You have tea or you have coffee over the table. So on your seats, friends, you're going to see a card which is branded New Life. And I want you to consider this with your family. Um, there are a number of strategies which over this last six to eight weeks we've been um, coming up with to best support these families. The first is to denote household items like irons and coffee tables and fans, things that maybe the, the government packages them with, but they don't have coffee tables. It Maybe it seems very practical to us, but actually with every piece comes a complete household and, and dignity is restored and, and um, life is made as you get the pieces of the puzzle. And I believe it's our privilege to help these people rebuild their lives. 
um, the next is if you'd like to help with that Friday service, particularly if you speak Arabic. We need Arabic-speaking friends to come alongside. The next is delivering goods to families. I've literally been going on my Sunday afternoons and taking our car and visiting families. This whole vision for me has sprung up in my spare time, but it's become this um, overshadowing burden, which is a privilege to partner with. Also, I just want to let the parents know, after we speak here in the main stage, we're going to go to the kids' room and give a really age-appropriate presentation because I found my kids have really enjoyed being a part of this, um, gathering um, pre-loved toys which are in excellent condition and partnering with us. So I want to let you know we're going to be talking with the kids soon about this. The next thing is um, gathering children's gifts. I went to a house um, last Sunday and the little boy just had toy cars which we had given him at the Friday service. That was the only toy that he had. That day I brought a little car garage. He immediately parked his cars in the garage. I gave them a soccer ball and they have this big backyard and I know it will bless their mother that there is a soccer ball for them to go and play in the backyard rather than, you know, um, getting in her hair. So that's going to be awesome. So um, with these children's gifts, I would suggest soccer balls because they love soccer, remote control cards, playing cards, because there is nothing to do. There's so much sitting in the home, some entertainment, baby dolls for the little girls. Um, we're actually going to set up a stall at the info desk after the service. And if you feel like it's more convenient for you to make a donation towards some gifts, then there is that option because I know some of us are business people and working professionals, and it's great to have options. This next one is adopt a family, build a rapport, and go on a journey with a family. Um, Hagop and Hike's family is my family. They're in my heart. I actually consider them like family. Api, my sister, truly. In fact, I would give the shirt off my own back for this family. I love this family so much. And um, for some of us, this vision will resonate with you and you too would like to go on a journey with the family, drive them to appointments, help them read their mail, just walk alongside and cushion the blow of assimilating into Australian life. There is an option there. Sponsor a service. Some people like to make that one-off significant donation or other. Maybe that you have an idea in your own heart how you'd like to um, partner with us. If you could take this and consider it, um, for some of you sitting out there today, it will resonate and I would just so love to partner with you to really bless this community. Um, even, um, you know, toiletries or um, Christmas trees. I just had this thought. They're sitting in these bare um, little apartments. I just, I think it would be beautiful this Christmas if we could gather Christmas trees, something that isn't unnecessary, but something that brings festivity and joy at this time of year. So if any of these things resonate with you, um, please join with us. I just want to, actually, um, we had a lounge in our garage that my husband used to sit on to watch football sometimes down in the garage if I, I was upstairs with the kids and um, he'd maybe sit on it twice a year <laughs> and I found out that my friend had um, lounges which was like this to sit on like so the government had given lounges but they were like hardwood and I'm like Hartley we have this lounge actually he was overseas with Pastor Phil at the time <laughs> and I thought he's too far away to intervene so <laughs> and we had this really cushy plump lounge in our garage and so I did ask his approval um, and we we gave that to some friends of ours and now um you know those little lounges that the children get from Kmart now, um, Hartley sits on one of those when he watches TV. <laughs> 
just kidding. Look, I'm just having fun. But I'm just saying we all have something up our sleeve, don't we? Something up our sleeve. We can all partner with this. Hebrews 13.1, I'm going to end with this scripture. Let your love for your fellow believers. Ultimately, these people are the persecuted church. They actually are our fellow believers. They are our family. Their fellow believers continue and be fixed practice with you. Never let it fail. Do not forget or neglect or refuse to extend hospitality to strangers, sharing the comforts of your home and doing your part generously for through it some have entertained angels without knowing it. I pray we would be a great blessing to these people. In fact, does the band come and we just um, sing together? Why don't you just stand and let me pray over this whole cause. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you. I pray. I pray for Syria. I pray for Iraq. I pray for the Syrians and the Iraqis and those from Iran that are now in Australia. I pray your peace and your blessing and your provision. I pray for homes. I pray for work. I pray for streams of financial income. I pray, Lord, you would lift them up out of the dust. You would set their feet on a rock that they would not be moved. I pray you would strengthen their hearts. I pray you would release peace into their hearts and minds. I thank you, Lord, their children will rise up and they will be blessed. They will get university degrees. They'll go from strength to strength. I thank you, Lord, they will advance in our nation. They'll become a part of the crown of our nation. Beautiful people enriching the very, um, the very substance of this nation. I pray you bless them and your peace goes with them, Lord, as they settle in our community. And I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be moved to see how we can be a part of the answer. We lift them up and we pray your great blessing on all our plans that you would cause them to prosper to increase and to multiply in Jesus mighty name amen amen God bless you church